0: Well, hello and welcome to another edition of the e commerce evolution podcast. I am your host, Brett Curry, CEO of OMG Commerce. And as always, this is the podcast where we talk about what's new and what's next in e commerce. Today's topic is Facebook, plus a little bonus that I'll talk about in a minute. My guest is a good friend of mine, Ezra Firestone. The man needs no introduction, but he has built Smart Marketer into one of the top e commerce training companies in the world. Also, he has built Boom by Cindy Joseph, as well as a handful of other e-commerce companies. Boom. as an example, did twenty two point five million online last year, up from eight million the year prior. and uh, they're growing at a really fast clip this year as well. So he's got all kinds of rich experience to draw from. And as we talk about Facebook ads, this guy's spending millions of dollars a year. I think I, I heard fifteen thousand a day, even just on on a single campaign that's running on Facebook. So we dive into the ins and outs of Facebook. How to build a funnel, how to build a left, right page landing page, why you should be using video. We talk about some of the mistakes that you could be making, audience mm-hmm. testing, all kinds of stuff. I will warn you. Uh, Ezra's really good at speaking in podcasts. So I kind of op- I ask one question and he goes into this really long explanation, which is brilliant and, and fascinating and pretty deep as well. Uh, then after that, we do back up and unpack it a little bit. And so I think this will be extremely helpful. Uh, We also talk a little bit about focus and we talk about your mission as a business and guarding that and protecting that even as you grow. So I love this conversation with Ezra Firestone. I think you're going to like it too. And so please enjoy. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of the e-commerce evolution podcast. I'm your host, Brett Curry. And man, am I jazzed about the episode today. Got my good friend and... Uh, just one of the rock stars in the industry, if not the rock star in the industry, Mr. Ezra Firestone, coming on today. We're talking about Facebook ads and how to make Facebook ads work for e commerce. I don't know anybody that does this better than Ezra. And so, and better than Ezra, I think that's the name of a band, uh, believe it or not, from the 90s. But with that, Ezra Firestone, man, how are you?
1: It's all happening, Brett Curry. It's <laughs> all happening. It's spring, there's lots of life, business is crazy, everyone's overwhelmed. People are fighting. My mother in law, the whole thing, man. It's
0: uh, <laughs> Ezra Firestone's it's, being pulled in a thousand different directions, uh, but yet you made well, time to be on this this, Yeah, we should
1: discuss this, Brett Yeah, we should discuss this. And what we should say about that is, there will be um, shiny objects. There yes. will be opportunities that will ask you to compromise your integrity—not uh, maybe not of your moral compass, but your integrity of, let's say your work-life balance. Let's say the integrity of how you want to show up in relationship to your customer support or into the product you're putting out into the world or into the supply chain. Like, you know, like things like scale and opportunity will ask you or will give you the will sort of open up this possibility of maybe we could cut corners. There's
0: pressure, right? As you, as you grow and as you're in demand and as everybody wants your product, your service, there's going to be pressure, right? To maybe compromise a little bit here, maybe give up a little bit here.
1: And Uh, man, you pay if you do that. Um, and listen, I'm no saint, you know, I'm not perfect and, or in that way. Like I rather, I should say. I've had the experience. I try really hard to hold my, um, you know, to hold that, hold the container and the vision for what I want to create and really be true to that. But sometimes you think, Oh, you know, this will be fine. And you think it's going to be cool. But then you realize later, Oh man, like I can really see how I didn't actually, um, trust my gut or I did, or I tried to cut a corner and even realize it, but I, you know, like, you know, I don't know how to articulate this, but, but, but it's really something to be sensitive to, um, in relationship to your business. And, uh, um, and we're feeling that a little bit, you know, with all of the, all the growth that's happening.
0: Yeah. I think in the, in the beginning, you know, when someone's just starting their business, there's pressure because there's no revenue. And so you almost feel like I've got to be all things to all people so that I can close some deals. But then it's almost just as hard once you're successful and things are clicking and things are, uh, things you're making money and, and everybody wants your time and wants your brand. And, then, then there's the pressure you're talking about right now and both require discipline, both require focus. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's funny that you say that because one of the things that I think in relationship to Facebook ads, I mean, obviously we spend, um, you know, more than $5 million a year advertising on Facebook. Uh, we have a, a really deep expertise and I intend for this uh, training session, this this uh, long form piece of audio content to allow a listener to leave with some stuff they can actually implement right now on their advertising to help them, uh, with their business. So listener, that will happen for you. If you stick to the end, you're going to get some cool stuff. But one of the things that I think really sort of that ties into this initial conversation is, that it's about the consistency of paying attention to it. It's about getting in there for 30 minutes a day, for an hour a day, and looking over your ads and thinking about new targeting groups and testing different optimization methodologies and adding new pieces of creative. And one of the things that we're doing now, Brett Curry, on the on the concept of creative is what we do is we create an ad set, right? So let's say, for example, that I'm advertising a uh, physical product via a long form sales page. So I've got a you know, 60 second problem solution style video. And what I mean by that is like, here's a here's a problem solution style video. Um, it's like, you know, there's a person sitting in a car and they drop their phone in between the seats and they look aggravated and they're reaching to find it. And then it switches back to that person in the car and they stuck this little tiny skinny leather wallet in between the seats and they drop their phone and guess what, they just reach into the leather wallet in between the seats and they pick it up. So it's a, it's a video that touches on a pain point that a user can resonate with a user can relate to that then shows the pain point and shows the solution of the pain point so those short form problem solution style pain point experience videos are by far and away the most popular type of facebook advertisement today for physical products and then the way that sales funnel works is it then leads to a straight up old school, long form, left, right product offer page. You could go traditional e-commerce page with, you know, a buy box at the top with a hero shot of the image and a carousel of multiple images and a a price point and a little mini description and a, you know, you know, retail price and a sale price and a call to action button and a quantity box, you know, that traditional sort of e-commerce page that then has tabbed product information, right? Yep. You could lead Directly, And a lot of people do from that problem solution video to that sort of, uh, traditional e-commerce page. What we're doing is we're leading to a long form left, right, sort of more drawn out sales letter type page for physical products, which sort of opens up the opportunity to display the ownership benefit of the product on the page a little bit better. We're, you know, we're finding in our tests, but then, so you go from the video to the product offer page to either a pre-purchase order bump or directly to the checkout to a post-purchase one-click upsell. And then basically if people visit the product, if people watch, you know, 75% of the video and don't click through, you retarget them. If they watch, if they make it to the product offer page and don't make it to the cart, you retarget them. If they make it to the cart and not to the checkout, you retarget them, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So that's like the standard e-commerce sales funnel and that's i'd say 90% of e-commerce businesses who are running sort of um direct to sale ads uh leveraging contextual advertising which is what Facebook offers um that's what they're doing and what I want to point out about that, and that is a funnel that we are using to great success with one of our brands called Be Friendly Skincare, uh, which, by the way, is going through an entire sort of brand identity um, revamp. And I want to talk about brand identity, and uh, I think it's a really fascinating subject and one that we're finding a lot of value in. But this isn't podcast; isn't the time to do it. I can mention a couple minutes about it at the end if you want. But basically, what what my point is that what we found is two interesting things. Number one, the way that we used to recommend people target was target between 500,000 and 1.5 million people at a time, do a bunch of different ad sets with different targetings in them and small budgets, 100 bucks, 200 bucks a day per targeting group, see what targeting group is doing the best and then scale that, right?
0: Yeah, totally, totally makes it. No, no, you, I'm, I'm just, I'm engrossed in this. <laughs> it's, really, okay. it's really good, yeah. I'm with you.
1: Okay, so let's talk about a modification to strategy of targeting that we have recently made that is paying dividends for us that is worth testing. And here's why I say it's worth testing because we're still using the, smaller audiences, um, you know, multiple targetings, small budget in each targeting group, on a, on a number of different brands, it's working quite well. And this other strategy isn't working quite well. They're both working, but you know, in some brands, one works better than the other, but I want to offer this in opposition to the other way that we, I've been talking about for years. And what it is, is creating a lookalike audience of your best users. So, um, you know, people who bought from you once before you create a lookalike audience on Facebook. And for those of you who aren't familiar with what a lookalike audience is, what it is, is Facebook goes out and says, I'm going to find a user that has at least nine data points in common with one of your buyers, because what Facebook does is it's called multi data point contextual targeting. So basically what it does is um, it's got thousands and thousands of data points on each user. It knows how old they are, where they live, what they bought, what they're interested in, what they consume, how much they watch, what they click, et cetera. And so it'll grab people who have nine data points in common with one of your users and put them into this audience. And so if you don't have a list of buyers, do it off a list of email subscribers. If you don't have a list of email subscribers, do it off a list of Facebook fans. If you have no community altogether, go with the sort of Uh, audience targeting that we were talking about where you use interests and then get a list of users who buy from you and and then do this strategy. So basically what you do is you create a lookalike and you either do 1%, 2%, 3%, 4%, 5%. Like when you're creating a lookalike audience, Facebook allows you to say, what percentage of the population do you want to select? Like how wide do you want this to go? 1% will usually be about 2 million people. 2% will be like 3 million, so on and so forth. And so what we're recommending is that you, you go ahead and you say, between 1% or you go 2%, 3%, we're actually running 10%. So you get one audience that's really big. You set the conversion objective to purchase. So your, your actual final conversion objective that you want, and you run all of your ad spend for a minimum of one week to that one giant audience. And here's why that works. And it's working extremely well for us. So literally for boom right now, Brett, which is our biggest brand, we spend the most money we have one targeting group that is basically like everyone in America, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. no targeting at all, right. it's literally right. just like 50 million people or something. Um, and so here's why it works, because what Facebook does behind the scenes is they categorize people into clickers. Scrollers or converters. Okay, Facebook's not going to publicize this. You're not going to find this in any of their um, written data. Uh, but you know, obviously, I'm really close with Facebook. I spend a lot of money on Facebook, and you can feel free to take me at my word or not, or disagree, and, and that's okay and too. This, but and is this
0: why, Ezra? Is this why you can choose like your your engagement goal of either? Post engagement, and I'm going to get the terminology wrong, but post, yes. engagement, Page or post click engagement or post engagement yeah.
1: video yeah. views, link yeah. clicks, because Facebook yeah. knows who does what, yeah. and it makes sense that they this would. This person right? likes everything everyone. they see. We're going to show yeah. this to them. So get this, dude. If you have the bigger audience, right, and you, if let's say you have an audience of 500,000 people, well, if you're optimizing for a conversion objective of purchase, right. Facebook's gonna go to that 500,000 people and it's gonna put it in front of all the people who are categorized as converters first. Then it's gonna put it in front of all the people that are categorized as clickers and then all the people that are categorized as scrollers, people who just scroll around and don't even click on anything. Clicking Clickers are people who like, comment, share, react, right? So if your audience is bigger, there's more people who are in the conversion category, people who are categorized as converters that Facebook can show the ad to, right? Right. So if you just literally let the algorithm optimize for who it wants to show the ad to based off a lookalike audience, that's a really big targeting group, there's a good chance you're gonna have success with it. Interesting.
0: And based on setting that conversion as the as the goal, setting your conversion as the uh, the goal of the ad.
1: Yeah, and I used to tell people, optimize for add to cart, right? So that you can get your conversion pixel seasoned up. You can get a lot more data on a conversion pixel by optimizing by the ad, for the add to cart objective because a lot more people add to cart than purchase. Now I'm saying, Optimize for the final conversion objective and just open up the top line front end audience. Nice. Now, let me let me break this down for you tech nerds. And if you're not a tech nerd, give this convert give this podcast to your um. It's not <laughs> it's okay if you're not a tech nerd. You don't have to be, but right, give this podcast right. to your uh, Facebook guy. So then check this out, Brett Curry. People who make it deep into the funnel, right? People who add a product to the cart, let's say, that particular audience that you're retargeting there. What you want to do is instead of optimizing for conversions, you want to optimize for reach. You want to optimize for page post engagement or video views or link clicks or something that's like just get as many people to see this and click on it as possible because those people have pre-qualified themselves. They wouldn't be in the audience of add to cart if they already weren't super interested. So at that point you open up the objective and tell Facebook algorithm, put this in front of everyone. Makes sense.
0: Interesting. That that does make sense. so once someone has added to cart now you want to remove any of the the barriers that Facebook might yeah, use to kind of at that
1: point, yeah. don't tell people uh, conversion optimize, don't tell Facebook optimize for purchase because, you know, at that point you just want to show it to everyone. Yeah, uh, yeah. makes sense. Now moving on, I want to finish my 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 sort of uh, rant here about about this uh, particular subject, I which like is what it. I started I like with, it. which was creative. So that sort of problem solution style video, um, what we will do is we will throw sort of four to eight different pieces of creative, an image ad, a video ad, a different type of video ad, a square video ad, a rectangle video ad, a whole different video concept altogether. We'll stick them all in that one ad set and we'll literally let Facebook sort of rotate the ads itself. Now, you might argue and say, Facebook has no built in split testing feature. Facebook's just gonna grab whatever ad it wants and show it to whoever it wants with no uh, particular um, like formula or thought process behind that and uh, yes, that is kind of what happens. But what's interesting about it is we're finding a much better, um, overall success rate than just having one piece of creative running. Because then when I, like a user who's in that top line audience who might've seen an ad before sees a fresh ad that kind of says the same thing, but it's a little fresh. And like Brett, if you follow Ezra Firestone personal, uh, fan page, which is by the way, for all of you who want to start seeing this facebook.com forward slash meet Ezra. That's my, uh, influencer fan page, uh, for folks who are e-commerce business owners, um, You'll notice that anytime that I've got an offer, like if you see uh, ads for my Zipify one-click upsell application or my Zipify pages application or a webinar that I might be running, you're going to end up seeing like four or five different sort of long-form video ads, short-form video ads, image ads, carousel ads. So just a bunch of different types of creative, and we're finding that those are working – it's working well to have like – just let Facebook just put it wherever it wants.
0: You and know? so you just, you rotate them indefinitely, or are you trying to watch the numbers and maybe pick a winner yeah, we'll, or we'll pick a loser? The numbers, and, see
1: if one's clearly losing, we'll pause it. But like, basically if we have a new ad, we don't even turn off the old ones. We just stick the new ad in there. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know, so on the no. awareness, awareness pillar. So the pillar of getting new people in the, in the funnel, once you're doing retargeting stuff, then you can just have more like static ads that Got you it. just turn off and stuff. Got Cause it. those work a lot better.
0: So I, I love this. This was phenomenal. I think, uh, I mean, we just dove right into like the, the heart of this and, and you laid out really the, the funnel and the plan and all that, which is awesome. I want to unpack it a little bit. And, and I also want to back up for those that are maybe still not even running Facebook ads and they're on the fence a little bit, because what's interesting, uh, you know, you and I both spoke at the Traffic and Conversion Summit, uh, the digital marketer put on, and, and it seemed like almost everybody there that I talked to was doing a ton on Facebook ads. Uh, I was at Internet Retailer, IRCE, a couple weeks ago. I spoke there too, and you know everybody there was on Google and some of the traditional channels. Someone. Do you want to just sort of like
1: gossip on those different communities real quick? Because I can give my take on that. That'd be great. Let's do it. All right. So IRCE, right? They are straight up old school. You know, multi skew e commerce, old school Magento people, old school. OS commerce, Zen cart, Presta shop, you know, WooCommerce like old school for dropship back from the drop shipping days. Like they've been in the game a while, old school, practical e-commerce days, you know? Um, and so a lot of those people are traditional multi-skew e-commerce people that have like, you know, hundreds of SKUs, dozens yep. of SKUs, thousands, yep, of, thousands of SKUs, right? Tens of
0: thousands of SKUs, Tens yeah.
1: of thousands of skews. Yep. And so that obviously lends itself to a search find buy that lends itself to query based traffic that lends itself to, um old model uh, traditional um, multi-skew e-commerce. and A lot of those folks have not made the jump to sort of more direct response style, contextual advertising that requires storytelling before, um, you know, sort of putting someone in front of a product offer. A lot of those people are living on that search traffic, which is a wonderful uh, visibility source, especially for multi-skew e-commerce. You look at the Traffic Conversion Summit audience, that grew out of information publishing, that grew out of influencers, that grew out of uh, coaches, speakers, authors, that grew out of... Um, this sort of side of digital marketing that has really made their mint on contextual advertising. Um, and so that's kind of why you see that, uh, that sort of um, my viewpoint on why you see that different like segregation there.
0: Right. Yeah. That's, that's spot on. You, you nailed the, the two audiences there for sure. It is interesting. And while IRCE is definitely multi skew and, you know, we met several merchants that are in the hundreds of thousands of skews, really large e-commerce um. Also, you're seeing uh, Shopify, which I know you're a huge Shopify fan, as am I. They had a huge presence there. We were actually we were right across from Shopify, which is good for us. Our booth was, and and so uh, there, there's beginning to be a little a little crossover, a little bleeding of the the groups. But but yeah, I think you I think you totally nailed it. Uh, what would be your pitch then for someone who's more on the traditional side? So someone who's who
1: they're, they're rocking Google and 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 you know. Let me search. tell you about. Um an experience that I had, Brett Curry. Yeah, the experience was what took me from um, seven to eight figures in my business. I was stuck at around five to 7 million a year um, in revenue for a long time. And I recently made the jump to last year we did 22.5 million. And this year we're on pace to beat that by a pretty large margin. Um, And it was a fundamental viewpoint shift of how I looked at my business that I learned from looking at nine and some 10 figure e-commerce businesses. So basically, Uh, I have a friend who sits on the board of private equity firms and venture capital firms. And when they are vetting um, e-commerce brands that they want to sort of acquire for a couple hundred million or more, they have him go in and do the research and analysis on those brands and tell them whether or not he thinks it's a good deal. And I have been a part of, he then comes to me and basically, you know, hires me to do my own version of research and analysis, so that you know I, I've been in this industry a long time and I'm, I've gotten pretty good at it. And so I've got the opportunity over the course of the last like two or three years to like sort of look at the Google Analytics accounts, the advertising accounts, the email accounts of literally multi-hundred million physical, multi-hundred million dollar per year physical product brands, and even a billion dollar per year physical product brand that obviously spanned a lot more channels than just direct to consumer internet marketing it it had television channel radio channel newspaper channel all that stuff Um, but the point is that in investigating these analytics accounts I realized that the way that these big boys were looking at commerce was much different than I was looking at commerce from an advertising perspective. So, what they seem to be doing is like they all have sort of one channel that really supports the business, be it their email list, be it organic search, be it Google advertising, be it joint venture partner, be it comparison shopping engine channel. They all generally seem to have one, maybe two channels that really drove the bulk of their revenue, right? Then, They were going out and buying customers on all these other channels at a loss, but they weren't looking at it as a loss because they were acquiring customers and one channel was sort of supporting all the other channels. And then when they would run a sale event, their sales from that sale event would be much bigger because their overall community was much bigger because they'd been going out and acquiring customers on a whole bunch of channels, even at a loss, but overall making the balloon bigger, if that makes sense. And the way that I looked at it was a campaign worked or it didn't, if it wasn't profitable, I turned it off because right. guess what? I don't have any venture capital money, I don't have any private equity money, I'm just some bum off my couch in Brooklyn who decided to start an e-commerce business when I was 18, fell in love, and was fortunate enough to sort of be in this industry and sort of come of age as a, as a human being and come of age as an adult, in this industry and learn a lot about it along the way, but was always of the opinion that you scrap, you know, you bootstrapped, you know, you didn't, you didn't waste money anywhere. You were really sort of, you were purely, uh, purely purely direct
0: response in your, in your ad approach. Yeah. Yeah. My
1: top ramen for the week matter, you know, was, was (laughs) sort of, you know, like I was counting on this stuff, you know? And so when I took this approach of like, why don't we go out and just fundamentally um, spend money across all channels to acquire customers, as long as dollar in dollar out ratio is still winning, and grow the bottom, grow the top line as much as we can and let the bottom line come with it as you run sale events and as you liquidate and have holiday sales and things like that, we went from seven to eight figures. And That's so awesome. that fundamental viewpoint shift changed our business. And so what I would suggest is pick a pick a dollar amount, thousand um, dollars, $2,000, $5,000, whatever you think you can afford, double that, and then look at it as an investment in the snowball that is your business. Look at it as a, um, sort of like you are investing this in your future business. Are you running a marathon? Do you intend to be around in five or 10 years? If so, then this is a smart move. If you're looking to fish, if you're looking to eat only today, then this is not a smart move. If you're looking to just build this for six months and sell it and get out of here, this is not a smart move. But if you're looking to invest in the sort of future of your business, then going out and consistently amplifying your brand across a social channel like Facebook by amplifying your blog content to pass subscribers and buyers by acquiring customers at the smartest and cheapest way you can from a cost per acquisition perspective through optimizing your advertising and your sales funnels. Like it's going to do nothing but support your overall business. Don't worry about profit. You're short-sighted if you're only worried about profit.
0: You're, you're building a community, you're expanding your funnel so that more people are coming in the top and being, becoming aware and interested in your business.
1: And, and you, if you don't have a channel that supports the business, and you're not making money from organic and making money from email and making money from Google AdWords, then don't do this. Right. But if you do, then, you know, boy, I think you'd be missing out to not take advantage of this approach to business, which is a dollar in dollar out approach rather than a lean mean bootstrap approach. Um, I love, to each it. Champ. I love it.
0: Yeah. So, so for the
1: merchant who has
0: not dipped their toe in, in the Facebook ads yet, where should they start? Should they build out this awesome funnel that you kind of laid out in the very beginning? Should they start with something simple like remarketing? Where Where should someone begin with their Facebook advertising?
1: Yeah, I think that that's the easiest way to start. You know, problem solution video to product offer page with retargeting, sophisticated retargeting. Do that first. It's the easiest one to do. And it could work, especially for impulse buy type products. Where do people go wrong with their audience targeting, right? So you talked
0: about lookalike audiences, which I, I love that concept. If you have an email list, you can upload that, get a lookalike audience. Where do people go wrong, though, in their audience targeting? And, and I would assume that a lot of mistakes are made if, if someone just doesn't have an audience and doesn't know how to build one. Um, but what mistakes do you see on audience
1: building? You know, it's such a big... Big subject. And there's so much to test there, but I would say lack of modification with regard to testing different potential offerings, lack of understanding of the age range that purchases the product. For example, 70% of my sales come from 55 plus. However, I ran to 35 plus for four years before I just like realized that Right. Um, right. lack of geographic narrowing lack of understanding of device uh, narrowing, you know, like running on mobile to start and then retargeting on desktop and tablet because that sort of mimics user behavior. People start on mobile and then they actually purchase on desktop and tablet. So like, I think there's a lot to do there. And it's just, again, that consistent effort. Go, you know, go read my blog about Facebook ads. Go through my free three-part Facebook video advertising training course, which by the way is a phenomenal phenomenal training course on Facebook video ads read John Loomer's blog read the digital marketer blog read, you know listen to Brett Curry's podcast like consume information and then implement and then see what happens like stay at it
0: yeah absolutely we'll, we'll link to it in the show notes but where can people find that three part course you just referenced
1: uh if you go to my website um it's all over there um if you like go to smartmarketer.com and you click get free training in the in the top menu button um, it's gonna it's gonna link you over there sweet I'll I'll, I'll link there as well and so uh, I want to talk a little bit about ads and
0: I love how you threw this out there in the very beginning you know testing different things from from videos to carousel to images any any other tips you would give on great ads good Facebook ads I know probably the key is just you got to be testing and you got to run a variety of things
1: but where do you start when you're building ads I think find someone who's done a good job of it before, (laughs) you know, like don't just go, you know, go through a training and learn what people are doing or find someone who's done it. Don't just wing it, you know, go to Kickstarter and look at all the Kickstarter videos. That's a great way to look at um, good video ads. Like Kickstarter is the holy grail. Go look at the most funded Kickstarters and Indiegogos. And you'll see like from a direct response perspective, how well those things are put together. They tell story, they show problem solution, they show ownership benefit, they show customer testimonial, like they're amazing.
0: Awesome. And and so if you, if you had your pick, would you always uh, lead with a a video or run a video or, or, or would you start with image ads or carousels? I think you have
1: to, I think at this time there's just, there's just no, um, there's just not even a, um, shadow of a doubt that, um, that the sort of, um, best top line asset from an advertising perspective is a native video. I mean, it's just like, It's so powerful because the user can consume the message without ever leaving the social environment. And then you can retarget them based on how much of the video they consumed, whether they ever left social or not. So it's just way more diverse from the ability of building those funnel segment events. You know, you can get people into a funnel segment of, um, you know, consumed 50% or more of a video, which a lot of people are going to be in that segment and retarget them with them ever never having left Facebook. And so it's just like you just end up with this additional retargeting bucket, which ends up proving to be quite powerful.
0: And, and really Facebook is kind of favoring videos, right? I mean, videos are consumed at a really high rate. I, I've just noticed a difference in the last couple of years. My my feed is full of videos where you know before it was not.
1: Yeah, listen, test images as well, put borders on the images, use cartoons, use faces, use flashy stuff to get people's attention. And then once they visit your website, switch to branded ads, ads that are really on brand, that are really in message, that really feature product. You don't need to be super crazy and flashy at that point. Um, once you've gotten a user's attention, uh, but, but when you're trying to get their attention, the use of like bold colors and borders on images and cartoons and people's faces, uh, makes a lot of sense. But then once someone visits my website, all the ads they're going to see are going to be sort of really brand oriented. Cause I want to start to tell the story of who I am visually, uh, as opposed to just trying to get their attention. Very cool. Very cool.
0: What what trends are you seeing right now in terms of Facebook? You know, what what's either brand new or what's coming down the the pike here soon? What what are are some new
1: things we should be aware of? I mean, Facebook's got a lot of new placements. Um, Like, so when you go, it used to tell people to run only on sort of uh, Facebook news feeds or iPads. But now I say just check the all placements option. And the reason I say check the all placements option when you're running your ads so that you can show in the Facebook audience network, which is gonna be in like a bunch of people's mobile apps, like different mobile apps they use. Or you can show your ad in Facebook video streams when people are watching videos because Facebook knows when the user is signed in, you know, it shows on Instagram. They know when the user is signed in and they know uh, where they're most likely to convert based on their history. So if you kind of let Facebook optimize the placement with which your ad shows, you end up with better results than if you just tried to only run it in certain placements. So I would say test just opening it up and, um, you know, try optimizing for all letting Facebook kind of pick the placements that people are going to, where they're going to show your ad.
0: So you think more about the audience than let Facebook pick how each member of the audience likes to consume, uh, the, the content on Facebook.
1: Yeah. Facebook knows where a user is most likely to convert based on their past history. And so if you're optimizing for a conversion objective and Facebook sees that user on a mobile device, but then they know from the history that later in the day they're going to show up on a desktop or they're going to be inside of a mobile app, then they're going to wait and they're going to show your, your ad to the user where the user is most likely to convert at what time of the day, the user is most likely to convert, you know, so on and so forth. Um, they're smart, man. They want you to do well because they want your money. And, uh, The other thing I would say is that like explore the Facebook Messenger um, channel. We're doing a lot with Facebook Messenger. In fact, I'm going to be doing a whole webinar series on my marketing blog about how we're leveraging the channel of Facebook Messenger, which we believe to be the next big communication channel between brand and subscriber. Uh, It's kind of like email 2.0. And so I think, you know, start to investigate that particular um, channel.
0: Yeah. And I, I know we can't dive too deeply into that one because of time and, and two because it's a it could fill a whole podcast. But are you guys viewing Messenger more as a customer support tool or as a, a sales
1: tool or both? Uh, we're using it as a communication channel. The way that like email and ads are a communication channel. So think about it this way. If you have a communication to make to a customer, let's say that communication is about a sale event, right? You're going to email that customer and you're going to run ads to that customer about that particular communication, right? Those are the two big sort of channels of communication between brand and subscriber is someone's on your email list or someone's on a pixeled audience that you can run ads to. That's how people, that's how, brand, would you agree that that's how brands communicate? Absolutely. With subscribers? Yeah, absolutely. Think about this. If you get someone on a Facebook messenger list, then now when you've got a communication, you're making it through email and ads, but you're also making it through Facebook messenger. So we view it as a communication medium, emails that we send out, blog posts that we send out, sale events, we send it all to Facebook Messenger as well. And the way that we sort of um, are growing our Facebook Messenger audience, I think is a entire podcast for another time. But again, you know, it's out there. If you investigate, you know, what's available from the, you know, the perspective of how to grow your Facebook Messenger audience, you'll start to see content. Digital Marketer has unbelievable training on this uh, blog posts podcasts all kinds of stuff
0: yeah super cool uh, I love it I'm really excited to see where chat bots go and and all the 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 spin-offs that could be there so we'll have to dive into that in another podcast I love it um, what about Instagram are you are you always taking what you're doing on on Facebook I know this kind of goes back to the placement thing but are you always then running that on Instagram
1: as well or are you opting in or out depending um, you know the thing about Instagram is we definitely are running all of our retargeting on Instagram but for us, considering our market demographic, Instagram from a top line perspective really isn't where our people hang out. I'm, I'm 55 plus man. There's not a lot of people on Instagram who are 55 right, plus. Right, yeah. So my particular audience isn't, um, the best for, um, that particular channel of visibility. However, for smart marketer, oh man, it's huge, right? Cause everyone's on Instagram who's in that particular sort of demographic. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's sort of you know demographic dependent, but it's it's a powerful channel
0: for cool. sure. Cool. Uh, we were gossiping about the the uh, internet retailer and the trafficking conversion summit audiences before. What's what's some Facebook gossip? Like I I run into people uh, recently who've talked about, oh, there's this Facebook algorithm change it's causing, you know, this this uproar. Uh, I, I'm wondering if are there any any Facebook myths out there that you wanna bust or are there real algorithm changes we need to be aware of? I mean, obviously j- just like, just like Google, Facebook's always innovating, always changing, always improving, but any myths that need to be busted or any algo changes or something we need to be aware of?
1: You know, I, again, I think it's like, there's so much going on in the Facebook verse from, um, you know, people who want to buy visibility on the channel, but like, this idea that it that oh facebook doesn't work for my business is like no you don't work for facebook <laughs> meaning yeah. you haven't yeah. tried hard enough yep. you haven't invested the time or energy to figure out how to buy visibility for your brand on facebook because guess what there's someone in your category who's doing it effectively Um, and it is possible for you and it's possible that your messaging isn't, isn't working or you haven't invested enough in amplification or you didn't build a good enough sales page or whatever. But it's like the visibility channel is really powerful and it's worth, I think it's worth investing in, you know, I think it, I think it's like anything in life. You want to get good at an instrument pick it up, play it every day. You want to get better at Facebook ads, have someone who's doing that every day with, you know, with your brand, with a set budget. If you know you're spending a hundred bucks a day or in my case, $15,000 a day plus on Facebook guess what? You're going to pay attention to it and you're going to force yourself to try to innovate in that in that direction. And I think that committing to some form of budget will force you to innovate in that direction.
0: Yeah. So if Facebook is not working for you. It's potentially that you're not, you're either not leading with the proper message or or maybe just as likely you're not pulling someone through a true funnel, you know, you're, you're stopping at their tradition, traditional ad to product offer page end of story, uh, not pulling someone through a pre-engagement page like you do and, and not setting up the remarketing audiences and things like that. Do you think that's where a lot of people, uh, kind of come up short with Facebook? Yeah. I they, think
1: people just stop spending. They're like, well, this isn't working well enough, but it's like, you got to, um, you got to commit to it because it's like one, one ad that we have right now it's a, it's an ad for a really steeply discounted product just to get sort of amplification. And what we're finding is that like the sales across every product is up significantly. And all we're doing is spending a hundred dollars a day, essentially losing money on one product, but like all of a sudden sales on this particular store, it's one that I don't really talk about, but went from like 50 bucks a day to 500 bucks a day. And we're only spending 150 on ads and the ads that we're sending people to are really like to a more of a sort of uh, sales promotions significantly, you know, 75% off, um, you know, uh, like really limited sale type thing, uh, for a particular SKU. but it's getting a ton of amplification, a ton of visibility, a ton of people to the site who then get retargeted with product ads for other products. So like, just like invest in that visibility and it's worth it.
0: I love it. Well, I know we're up against time. We're going to, we need to do a Facebook ad part two, because I've got so many other questions. That I want to ask, and and then I know there's so much more we can we can cover. Well, you but know, it's been awesome.
1: people could come to my event. That is, I one, know uh, that's
0: it. perfect segue. So tell us about e-commerce all stars, which by the way, it's one of my favorite e-commerce events of all time. So so go for it.
1: Smart marketer e-commerce all stars. Uh, it's happening August fourth and fifth in Austin, Texas. We will also be live streaming it. Should you want to attend that way. Basically, like, it's like if you want to know what's working right now in e commerce from people who actually are running e commerce brands and sharing real, practical, implementable, tactical strategies from their brands that are seven and eight figure brands, you will not find a better resource. And that's why I created it, because I wanted that for myself. And so, um, you know, we generally have between three and 500 people, a real intimate sort of, um, you know, group of e commerce business owners. And uh, Brett Curry will be there, I'll be there. It's a great time. And, you know, the thing about events is, they really, they really work, you know, because you just put all your attention on your business for a couple of days. You're not sort of distracted by the rest of your life, and so you can really make good connections and and, and leaps and and leaps and bounds. Yeah, um, some of the best
0: connections I've made in my business, the connections that have, have changed my business, have almost all come from events. And I think I think one of the things that you've done so well, and this kind of goes back to what we're talking about in the beginning, where you have to kind of guard your time and guard your focus and make sure you're you're, you're staying, staying true to your mission. Uh, you build a great community. I think, I think you, you've built a community of people that also want to do that. And so I've just really enjoyed hanging out with the peeps, man, hanging out with, with your community. Uh, I, I think that, yeah, you will what you're meet doing.
1: like my cousins and sisters and brothers and <laughs> yeah. people I grew up with. Like it's yeah. definitely going to be a very family affair part of it as well. Um, but it's a good time. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. And uh, you can go to smartmarketer.com forward slash, all stars, smartmarketer.com forward slash all stars and uh, check us out.
0: Fantastic. So I will link to the resources we talked about today. I'll link to e-commerce all-stars. You got to check it out. Any any parting words of wisdom from Ezra Firestone?
1: Um, I would say, you know, uh, that your integrity of mission, integrity of value that you're delivering through your company, integrity of customer service, integrity of product, integrity of how you want to show up as a business owner in the world, um, are, will be tested through this experience of being an entrepreneur and that it it is your choice and it is your responsibility to hold true to how you want to, um, show up and, and what you feel, um, what you feel sort of proud of, like if you were going to, show it to your parents or your, your significant other's parents or whatever. Like you got to be proud of what you're doing and you know, the things that you're not proud of, stop doing those.
0: Yeah. Or pass it on to your kids, you know, or what, what this is going to be your, your legacy, you know, that type of thing.
1: Yeah. Um, and, and I think that, um, you know, we, we are experiencing a lot of this opportunity because like we had this hyper growth and like, we have all this interest and all this like, um, visibility from a number of different sort of sources and and a number of different opportunities. And so it's kind of like looking at like which ones uh, align with the greater mission of what we're up to in the world beyond just selling products. And I think that that's a question to ask yourself
0: dude. We, uh, this, this podcast was about Facebook ads, but we got deep, man. Sometimes it happens, man. What are you going to do, Brett Curry? I don't know. Just got to roll with it. You just got to roll with it. I I appreciate (laughs) it. I appreciate it. So, (laughs) Hey man, thank you so much, Ezra. That's awesome. We'll have to do Facebook ads part two, maybe dive in the chat Who knows where we'll go. We'll get you on again here soon. So thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you. Talk to you later. Bye.
0: Very good. And as always, guys, thanks for tuning in. Let us know what you'd like to hear more of, less of. We'd love your review on iTunes. And until next time, thank you for tuning in. At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, if you're struggling with Performance Max,
1: or if you're not scaling
0: like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking, like our top YouTube ads guide with lots of examples, our PMax checklist, or our Amazon DSP roadmap, plus many more. Or hit us up for a free strategy, Session. So go on over to omgcommerce.com and click on Let's Talk to request that free strategy session, or click on Resources and Guides and pick the guide that's right for you. And now back to the show.